0: Good to see everybody again. I, I uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm continue to be blown away at what, uh, what God is doing in our church. And I know we've got a, a lot of visitors again this morning. Uh, man, thank you guys for coming in. If you haven't been handed a connect card, we want you to get a connect card, fill that out so that we can stalk you. No, I mean, uh, call you. Um, we want to make sure that we are uh, contacting you guys. We have had probably. Uh, Thirty plus visitors in the last couple of weeks, which is blowing our minds. We don't know what's going on. Uh, all we can say is, uh, God, you are good, and you are bringing great favor, and you have great favor to our church, and we thank you for that. And we want to be the kind of people that continue to have that kind of favor to in in this church, and be the kind of followers of Jesus that God shows favor to. Amen, amen. You know Isaiah sixty six two, and and if I haven't, by the way, if I haven't met you, I am Casey. I am one of the pastors here. Um, I'm primarily the, 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 I'll be teaching here about 75% of the time. We have other teachers that rotate through, uh, thank the Lord so they can clean up my mess and, uh, and do uh, set the record straight if you will. But, um, Isaiah 66, two, and I didn't have it on the bulletin and have it in the, uh, on the slides or anything like that. But I have said on numerous occasions, um, that Isaiah 66 verse two if you haven't read that, read it with an understanding of this is God telling us the kind of people that he will show favor to. Um, in the, the, the Holman Christian Standard uh, Version Bible, uh, the HCSB says it like this, that, um, that I will show favor to those who are humble, submissive in spirit, and tremble at my word. And so those three characteristics are, are the are, God is saying, this is the kind of person that I will show, uh, show favor to. So as we preach, as we teach, as we learn, as we minister, as we are the church Monday through Saturday and Sunday, that, that those are the kind of things that we need to be keeping in mind. Am I Am I humble? And some people are like, well, how do you know if you're humble? You don't. That's the problem. You know, it's like, hey, if somebody comes to you and says, man, you know, humility is my best quality, they probably have a problem with humility. You know what I'm saying? That's actually my best way. I took a test and everything. Um, if, if, but, but, but approaching humility, pursuing humility all the time, those are the things that, and, and are we submissive to other people or are we looking out for ourselves all the time? And all we do, we truly tremble at the Word of God, realizing that this is the inspired and errant Word of God, that God has spoken to us. So when we read it, we go, whoa, oh, this is an amazing thing. So as you guys know, um, what we do every, and you may not know this, but if you remember a couple of, uh, a few weeks back, we had Matt Miller was on video, and this was the fifth Sunday of that particular month. I think it was in the end of November, maybe. Um, and and we talk about what's called a vision. Sunday is every fifth uh, Sunday of the month we call uh, basically it's a it's a vision Sunday and it's it's basically where are we going as a church what are we doing as a church and and with Isaiah 66 in mind 66 verse 2 I want us to be be understanding that's where we're going we're pursuing being the kind of people that God shows favor to and today what I want to talk about is the 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 value of a family you guys know we have these three dots right and, and for, the, for the longest time, people are like, what do those three diets mean? Well, they mean you, family, and city. And understanding that what we want to do is make you a disciple. Teach you to obey. Not just, not just baptize you, not just get you wet, but actually help you learn what it means to obey, God, obey Christ. See, the, the Great Commission is not make disciples and teach them uh, how to go to church. Or teach them how to look like Christians. Or teach them what the Bible says. It says t- teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. So we want to do that to you. Which we, you in turn will do that with your, with your family, right? And as families do that, as more and more families, what happens to a city? There's, rev- there's revolution. There's revival. Amen? And that's what we're talking about here. And, and when, man, what the coolest thing is, and we start talking about family. I'm going to talk about that. Is that blue? I'm a little bit colorblind. I think it's blue, right? that blue okay we'll say it's blue um uh, because i truly am a little bit colorblind browns and greens and stuff like that just kind of freak freak me out but let's talk about this whole issue of family and and what it means to be because we talk a lot about how do you learn to obey how do you become a disciple and so let's look at how do you take this to your family and what's the what's the perspective we need to have on, on taking this to a family see in the first century church when the 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 church started coming, when Jesus was risen and the church started forming, these people started doing something radical. They started calling each other brother and sister and, and son and daughter and mother and father in the, in the faith. In fact, if you recall, Paul starts his letter to Timothy, says, dear Timothy, my my son in the faith. And so they started talking to people and telling each other, like, like you're my brother, you're my sister. If you guys know little Sophia, who is uh, Audra's, little girl down there, I'll be, I, I'm always talking to all, uh, Sophia, she's so cute, She about this, this, something like that, right? And, and so I say, Sophia, did you know you're my sister? She's like, what? And I look at her mom and I said, you know, your mom's my sister, right? She, you know, look, she gives that weird look. I said, and your brother Aiden, he's my brother too. And your dad, he's my brother. She just looks at me. Well, the other day, I was out there, and I heard this, hey, brother, and it was little Sophia. Is that not cool? I mean, you got, so we start looking at this. As, they understand something, too. In the first century, when they started calling one another brother and sisters, in terms of family, this was actually in many ways illegal to do because there were property rights that could be handed down to brothers and those kinds of things if, if, there, was, if there wasn't proper, uh, or if there wasn't someone living that was supposed to take that land. and that, I mean, there was all kinds of things. So when people started calling one another brother and sister and family names, People are like, whoa, what are you doing? This is, this is radical, this is not, not right. But that's the importance of what we are talking about. The last few weeks, we've talked about several different things. If you remember the Sermon on the Mount, when, the, when Jesus said, this is how you pray, he said, our what? Father, your kingdom come, right? Mark 6, and, and, and we talk about Mark 6, Christ gives us these weapons to battle God's way. Kingdom weapon number one, desiring God's favor over, over the world's approval, this is in Mark 6, where we talked about this before. Weapon number two, a generous heart. Genuine prayer is another weapon. Forgiveness, fasting, an eternal perspective, and trust in God's provision. And an eternal perspective and trust in God's provision, I want you to keep those things in mind as we start talking about what, what family means. And in Mark 8, if you recall last week, we talked about this as one of the most radical, crazy um really challenging things that christ could ever say to somebody because then he called the crowd to him in mark eight thirty four. along with his disciples he wasn't just keeping this with his disciples he was telling the crowd whoever wants to be my what disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me See, so we start talking about this thing about family. We've got to keep all these things in mind. See, Jesus didn't just say, hey, uh, teach them to obey the things that make sense to them. Teach them to obey all my commands. So here's what we got in our society, right? We've got this camp over here who neglects family. And we hear, we hear people all the time, man, we've got to get the family units back together. We've got to get the family put back together and those kinds of things. And you've got this group over here. Well, this is what people say about this group. This group over here is so freaked out about family and not being like these people that they make the families an idol. Like I'm going to have Johnny go to all 117 of his soccer games and I'm never going to miss a one because my dad never came to mine. Right? You hear people say things like that, and I would say this camp that is neglectful of families, the deadbeat dads and the 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 moms that don't care, and you got you got this people that are so freaked out about their families that they're going to do everything and anything and everything to make sure their families are taken care of and and to the to the To the detriment of everything else, I would say this is a demonic way of doing things family-wise. And so is this. Now, just because society says this is okay doesn't make it any more right than these people over here. Amen? You catch? See, because what God says is that his family is is eternal, not temporary, not neglected. Uh, Let's look at what he actually says because what we need to do is, is... this whole thing about family and the family values, man, I, man, we're going to hear this a whole bunch. This is election season, right? I'm a family values candidate. I'm like, well, we got to go vote for that guy. And it's like, man, we need to understand where our values of family come from. See, my struggle with doing this message this week was real. I mean, I'm like, man, God, Really? because when I start talking about the value of family, I want to go, man, God, this is going to be a fun one, right? This is gonna, and it is going to be fun, because ultimately the victory is, is, is ours to take if we do things God's way. So the, the temptation is to say, hey, man, love your kids, love your wife, everybody have a good day, happy Sunday, go eat, right? But that's not what God said to do when it comes to storming the gates of hell to battling God's way. When it comes to the value of family, we must keep... Eternity, in mind. We must keep eternity in mind. The family that we're forming, the church family that we're forming, will last for eternity. When it comes to family, we must stay focused on our heavenly Father. Amen. Let me read to you some things that Jesus said. Let's let's see what Jesus had to say about this very subject. Um, Matthew 10, Jesus is about to send his disciples out. I mean, this is a crazy radical thing that he's going to do. He goes, hey, guys, uh, I'm sending you out. And here's what he says, starting in verse 16. He says, I am sending you out, right? Go as you're going and make disciples. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves, be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. Hey, I thought if I followed Jesus, everything's going to be good in my life. I, have you ever heard Jesus say this to anybody? This is an amazing, incredible thing. I had to talk to several people. I don't know what it is lately, man, but I've had several people come to me and said, man, I'm frustrated with God. I'm frustrated with Jesus. This has been my pattern of my life. I expected my life to get better. And I'm like, who lied to you? Who lied to you? Now, am I going to sit there and say, man, everything's going to be terrible? No, but I'm telling you, trouble and trials and struggles and tribulations will come when you follow Jesus. Why? Because you've all of a sudden upset the apple cart of the enemy. You start taking his territory, he gets mad. Hey, here's what happens, man. Be on your guard. On my account, you will be brought before the governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, not hey, hey, if they arrest you, If you happen to get caught up, if they happen to get locked up, no, when they do this, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for you will not be speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. See, this is telling us, this is a battle. You're going to get in trouble, but your Father, the Spirit of your Father, the Holy Spirit will be speaking through you. Listen to what he says in verse 21. Brother will. Betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Why? He's not just saying we're going to have rebellious kids in our society. He's talking about because of him, right? You will be hated by everyone. I just, I'm like, wait a second, man. I mean, who would sign up voluntarily for this if it wasn't worth it? Right? It's like, hey, yeah, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be hard. You're going to be thrown in jail. Everything's going to be bad for you. Uh, you're going to fight. you're going to go into family. You're going to proclaim the Gospels. One of them is going to say, yes, I'll follow you. The rest of them are going to throw those people away out of their their homes. And you're going to be the least popular guy in the whole town. Who's going to sign up for that? I mean? But here's Jesus going, this is what you do. Not intentionally trying to make people angry. It is going to happen because of, of me. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes, and he did come back. He rose from the dead. Can I get an amen? amen. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters at the head of the house has been called... Somebody help me. Beelzebul. Okay, that'll work. Beelzebul. invisible. The King James Version calls it Beelzebub, which is Satan, another name for Satan. The head of the house has been called Satan. How much more the members of his household? So do not be what? Afraid. The most frequently commanded scripture in all of scripture is do not be afraid. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your whose care? Your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Guys, this is serious business when it comes to true family. Do not suppose, listen to this, that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace. Oh, wait, that's not what what Joel Osteen said, right? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. What's the sword? The sword of the spirit, the word of God. Amen. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be members of his own household. And you're like, what? Wait a second now. I thought you said blessed are the peacemakers. God, yes. Yes, blessed are the peacemakers, but ultimately those who make peace and help others make peace with, with God. See, it's not about, hey, you guys all get along and everything so we can have a good society. It's about, hey, let's all get along with God so we can go where God wants us to go. Amazing. Anyone who loves their father or more, mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whew. Jesus is throwing down. This is one bad man jama here, man. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And how dare us go around and try to make our families an idol. How dare us go around and neglect the families that God has given us stewardship for. Because all these people on both sides belong to him. What do we do with them? What do we do with them? How dare us say condemn people. You're going to go straight to hell for what you're doing. when the world is condemned already. And how dare us go hey good job way to go way to miss uh ne- way to neglect the, the the bride of christ by taking your kids to every game that you could possibly game and, and wearing them out till they by the time they're 18 they want to just run away and we go great hey, good job way to go way to bring your kids up right and we go how dare us do that when we're supposed to be focused on our heavenly father see blood you've heard is thicker than water but blood is not thicker than living water amen Here's the thing, here's the thing, out of us will flow rivers of living water. This is what Jesus said to the woman at the well, I will give you a water that you will never be thirsty. Some practical things in the, in the scriptures, and I love this, and I always get in trouble every time I preach this particular thing in scripture because it talks about husbands, wives, and children. It gives us practical, th- practical ways to actually be a family the way God says to be. So in Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2. And in 21 through through 33, he says this. Let me uh, get a little bit of, I'm getting a little bit dry, hold on. Follow whose example? God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved, what? This is family language. Family, the way the scriptures talk about. Family, the way God wants. And walk in the way of love, Just as Christ loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, this is family language, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16, John 3.17, for Christ did not come to condemn the world because the world was condemned already. So we don't have to go and condemn people, man. We just do things the way God does his thing. We focus on eternity, focus on our Heavenly Father. And in verse 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The, the kind of God, people that God shows favor to are the, hum, the humble, the submissive in spirits, and, the, and those who are tri- submissive in spirit and, and tremble at the word. Verse 22, wives, uh-oh, here we go. Let me stretch out first, hold on, I don't want to blow a hammer. All right, uh, all right. <sighs> wives do oh do not be afraid okay wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the lord and all the husbands in the house said amen wait hold on <laughs> i got something for you fellas hold on a second <laughs> i love our church man for the husband is the head of the wife somebody say you just say amen to that no. <laughs> we don't need it great job preacher that's all you need to say he runs up, and starts playing the playing his instruments. I, you're done, right? <laughs> for the husband is the head of the wife. How, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of the he is the Savior. This is the body of Christ that Jesus died for. Now, the church as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Those are three verses that God gives the husbands or the, the wives' instructions on. This is Paul writing to the Ephesian church. Uh, fellas, you got a lot more verses than that. I'm just saying, here we go. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with what? Water living water through the word and present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless see i'm going to tell you this right here right now guys and i've told you this before this may shock some of you i don't think this is quite fair i'm just going to say Personally, naturally, I don't think this is quite fair. I don't think it's quite fair that a husband is responsible for the wife's, uh, uh, her walk with the Lord. I don't think it's fair that Eve in the beginning in Genesis says, says uh, the serpent comes to her and says, hey, eat this fruit. And she goes, hey, that sounds pretty good. Boom, she bats her eyes naked and pretty at, at, at Adam. And she goes, hey, eat some of this. She goes, okay, chomp. And then Jesus, or, or the Lord comes to, to Adam and says, hey, Adam, where are you at? Like, wait a second, and she, she started, and it's what he said. But it's the woman you gave me, right? But God goes to the man, which is why. This is, this is an amazing thing. Holy and blameless, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. We're going to start wrapping this up here in just a second. But for we are members of his body. For this reason, a a man will leave his, his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a, listen to this, verse 32, this is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. This whole thing about how, how we set up families is supposed to be the reflection of how the church is supposed to be. So that's why when people come in here and they're struggling in their families and they're struggling with their kids rebelling or they're struggling with, the, with fighting with their wives or, or, or struggling with some other family issue and they come in and they hear the same junk going on in the church, guys, we're supposed to be like the epitome of what a family is supposed to be. People are going to want to come here so they can get at least a little bit of relief and find what church family is supposed to be. Amen. However, each of you must also love his wife, as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. There is mutual submission here to one another. It's an incredible things. Ephesians six. Let me, let me let me before I go into the children part. I'll never forget one time teaching Sunday school. Man, a long time ago, I was going through this very thing, and there were two sisters. That were sitting uh, in the sunday school class and man did they ever pipe up they said whoa whoa wait a second i think that's wrong i'm like okay tell me more tell me what's going on i don't think that's right that a wife should have to submit to a husband i uh, see i say i think that that wives ought to be able to make the decisions and things like that by the way we we get this whole submission thing all jacked up and messed up as if somehow submission means you're lesser than here right cuz this is cuz the son is not lesser than the father but the son still submitted to the father all we're doing is reflecting what the father and son and holy spirit do amen they're equal parts they submiss- there's mutual submission in a lot of ways to one another it's incredible whole lot of different theology there but but I, but so i'm talking to them i'm asking them questions and i said well well, well what, tell me why you think it's wrong well because because this is the at that point i think it was like this is this is the the, the right, this is the 2000s or whatever i think it was like 2002 and where's the new millennium and everything? Things, that was way, the way that was done 2,000 years ago was totally different. It was different culture, all that kind of stuff. And now we have women that can make money for themselves, and that's true. We have women that can do things for themselves and lead in society and lead in corporate, in corporate America. And all, and that's all true. That's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I asked him, because I knew the kind of boyfriend that this one, this one had, and he was a real jerk, real jerk. I knew this. I said, let me ask you something. If you married a guy that loved Jesus more than he loved you, that read his Bible every day, that walked in the spirit of the Lord, that was led by God in all the decisions that he made, and he loved you, he treated you like the queen that you deserve to be treated, he provided for you, worked hard for you, stuck up for you when somebody picked on you, and was willing to die for you. As Christ died for the church. Would you have a problem being married to that man? Would you have a problem submitting to that man? Both of them said no. There would be no problem at all. So it's not a matter. Of the word being wrong. It's a matter of about the kind of people. And I told them. Not the, the word is not wrong. It's the kind of person in your life. That you may be thinking about marrying someday. Isn't it? Yeah. I guess so. See, the word is true. Finally, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. He gives us the blueprint of how to do this. And yet we want to go over here and idolize our families and our kids and wear them out and take them to every single soccer game that could ever exist in the whole face of the earth. And over here, we don't even care. Not you, not you man. You, you care about your kids. I know you do. You love your family. But do you understand how we can mess this up and it still seems godly it still seems like i mean we can act like we're the greatest family people in the world and still be as demonically apart from god as the folks that neglect their families amen that's why the family of the value of family is so important to us because it is god's family it's the eternal family and see that's one of the reasons why what we're doing right now we're putting some different things in place that we're going to try to, try to do as, many, as much as we can to, to engage new people as are coming in. We've gotten a whole bunch of new people coming in. So the reason you're getting handed a Connect card is so, not so that we can put you on a roster, but so that we can get to know you, so we can plug you in, so that we can help you become more like Christ, so that we can make a disciple of you. It's an ulterior motive. It ain't just to be your buddy. I promise you that. It's so that we can, we can make a disciple, teach you to obey. Amen? I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to do. This is church. This is what we do. And so we're going we're gonna, to gonna help people. We're going to take people to Groundhouse Coffee or, or we're going to take people to lunch or whatever, whatever it is we're going to do. We're going to connect with people on Facebook. We're going to engage one another and bring people into the eternal family of God. Because the, the temporary family, even Jesus said, hey, there's not going to be even any marriage in heaven. It's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible thing that we so focus on, the things of this earth and lose our eternity in the process we're going to start doing some things like on monday nights you heard on the videos like on monday nights and and tuesday nights we're going to be doing something called city groups which is a a way to get people to understand and we're going to look at the values of what is important to us as a church and why they're important and what we do with them and and what do we do do with those things in, in the church after the second service today, we're actually getting together all the First Impressions volunteers that, that work in greeting and parking lot and coffee area and and, and, aud- the greet, uh, and the auditorium ushers and all those people. We're getting those folks together, and we're going to talk about the vision and the values of what it means to bring family in. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing that when we do this God's way, amen? Amen, Daniel? Amen. 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 Amen? Amen. When we do things God's way, family is done right. Father, I don't know why you gave me this message like this this week, but I'm real glad you did. I'm amazed that you did, actually. God, we sure love you. Father, we sure love you as your sons and daughters in the faith, Lord, as brothers and sisters together in the faith. God, may we be the kind of family, the the eternal family, the church family that you have called us to be. Not some manipulated way of looking at family not some way of neglecting family that we have the option of of, of essentially abandoning, not some idol worship family that, that we want to just spend all of our time with everybody and do everything and do all this kind of stuff and wear each other out, just trying to be the right family according to the world. Lord, we want to be your family. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be our father. And when we pray, our father, may we honestly and truly understand and mean that is in your son's amazing and incredible and impossible name all new city church says